Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. As moms, we are often juggling a million and one things. With our kids going in a million different directions and taking care of everyone else can mean that we often forget about ourselves. It's time to reclaim a little me time with some well-deserved self-care. And for us, that doesn't have to mean a lot. It can be picking a favorite product and taking a little extra time to do our daily routine. Dime Beauty offers clean, high-end skincare that is affordable and it really works. Dime didn't sacrifice performance just to make it clean either. They are 100% transparent about every single ingredient. So you can use their products daily with confidence. You know we don't have the energy to remember the order of a 10-step routine. So we love that the work system keeps things simple for us and has everything you need in one powerful package with a gentle cleanser, a toner, two incredible serums, and two luxurious moisturizers. Dime has over 2 million happy customers and their beauty reviews are literally all five stars. If you haven't checked out Dime, it's time. Love your skin again. Go to dimebeautyco.com now and unlock your discount. That's dimebeautyco.com. Say goodbye to diluted creams and serums that are often made up of 70% water and 15% preservatives, leaving minimal space for the ingredients your skin craves. The scientists behind fiber skincare have spent 15 years perfecting nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. And just one year ago, they patented a way of wrapping these nanofibers around oil or liquid-based ingredients. The result was a formula that delivers five times more active ingredients compared to creams or serums with no need for fillers like water preservatives or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is a plant-based anti-wrinkle set of patches that you use over seven days, applying them just like your favorite serums. Your skin will feel tighter in 10 seconds, and over seven days, the program is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles 
by 19.4%. In fact, they have a tighter skin guarantee where if your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they will give you your money back, no questions asked. Go to FiberSkincare.com and use code UNFILTERED for 15% off. And if I didn't know there was a problem, how were you supposed to know there was a problem? Because I didn't know. I didn't know what I was doing was wrong. Like, I didn't know. I think as a mom, though, you feel like you should know. Yeah. Or as a parent, you're like, you know, yeah. how did she, and she never knew about the sexual assault no. until. The book, she read it. Drop it like a hat. Drop it like a hat. Drop it like a hat. Natalie, what do I do? <laughs> I hope it's giddy giddy. Okay, guys, well, we're back. Oh, my sorry. God, that was so good. Don't be sorry. I loved it. Nat, push record. Oh, right. And you already did? Yeah, I sure did. I am recording. Okay, well, guys, we have a very special guest. We've never, just oh, just so you know, the only other man we've ever done was Gary Vee. Really? Yeah. We, right? did, oh, we no, had Colton. We did Colton Underwood, and we did Lewis Howes and Ed Milet, so I'm lying about that. So we okay, did... So- it's been a long time since we had a man. Yeah, Maybe since I, pre-pandemic. I, it's such a pleasure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're so excited and to have And intimidating as hell. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because a lot of men are very egocentric. Right. And that's really not good for our, like, our vibe over here. No. And, and I don't think that that's particularly good for anywhere. Yeah. yeah. Right? No, I, like, yeah. No, I agree with you on that one. But it yeah. is, it's common when it's two fair. women walk into the room that that's what happens. Yep. Just so you know. So we, you reach out to us because you have a new book and do. it's doing amazing and it's juicy. And I have heard people on the radio crying because of the response. Like, wh- what is that? So, the, yeah, the response, uh, well, you, you don't know what the response is going to be. And th- I think that that was like the sort of, that was the crazy part of it is that you sit down and you spend so long writing a bloody book. Yeah, you do. You spend two years and I cried like every day writing, you know, writing the book and you don't know if you're going to get to the end of it. And then by the time you it's released, you're almost detached from it because you've done so much little tiny bits of work to it that it's no longer, I have no, I had no emotional attachment to it. And then the book is released and, you know, it, it really meant a lot to a lot of people. And I sort of wanted it to hit, you know, one person because I talk a lot about grief and I talk a lot about body issues and I talk a lot about self-harm and I talk a lot about all this stuff and it wasn't it's just not stuff that one I don't think men talk a whole lot about Mm -hmm, Um, I don't think men in my position talk a whole lot about um, and and I was as hard on myself that I was sort of on anybody else uh, in my story. And I think that that was the mandate going into it was that I wasn't going to filter um, what was actually true. And uh, and I think it meant a lot to people, especially, you know, the mistakes you make when you're going through a lot of things in life, like grief. Like I really screwed up the way I handled my dad dying. Like I really did. Can and, and you it screw that me. up? But can't, but can are you, there rules for that? Yeah. Yeah. Can, are there, you think there are yeah. rules? Yeah. Oh yeah. The way that I, the way that I dealt with it was, um, when he was dying, uh, I, I, in some kind of weird, morbid way, I killed him off before he was actually dead. Mm. I picked a point where, um, I had said a goodbye to him while he was still alive. And then I wanted to just get on, 
along with the grieving already. Oh. And so I sort of robbed him of those last couple of months of the two of us being able to say goodbye to each other because I was already moving on with life. And then my mom would be like, God, all your dad wants you to do is just call him. And I'm like, yeah, yeah I'll call him tomorrow. And I never did. Right. And so, wow. so why, he did, went, why did you do that? Um, because it was, it hurt too, it hurt too much. And, and I felt so much guilt when my dad was, was dying because I was young. And when, when he was alive, I was sort of always on my way to becoming something. And I was, I hadn't really become anything yet. And I knew that whatever, when he was going to die, he wasn't going to be around to sort of see his hard work pay off. Right. And, and I took that on as, as guilt. And I knew that he was never going to, you know, sort of be able to walk me down the aisle. He was never going to be a grandfather. He was never going to do all this stuff. And so I felt that I was just too slow. And so instead of me grieving or help, you know, going through it with him, I took it all on as guilt. And then How I just attached you? myself. I was my late 26. I, I mean, think. Was your mom mad at you? No. I mean, she was about to lose the love of her life, right? So I, I don't think that she had a lot of uh, time, but she begged me to call him. And I just, and I never did. I'd walk in the room and my brother would be on the phone with him. And the only time I talked to my dad is when my brother would hand me, would hand me the phone, right? And so I had to go through his, all the grieving stuff afterwards. And that's the real hard part. But as a parent, do you yeah. see it differently when you became a parent or no? Everything changed when I became a parent. I was going to say, because you can see it from your kid's perspective now and yeah. you think your dad maybe saw it from a kid's pers- like because as a parent yeah i can I, you kind of understand your kids better than they understand mm-hmm. themselves until they get to a certain point and that behavior probably wasn't something that was new for your parents to see do you know what i mean like it was probably something yeah. they might have pre- not predicted but but they weren't like he's just being a dick out of nowhere no yeah. no but i see as i had like all of this stuff that led up to led up to that like i had a lot of years where like i found out you know years and years later that i was um, molested in a in a closet when i was like nine and that messed you didn't me remember up that? no like i always like the, the i remembered it happening but it wasn't until years later when i realized it shouldn't have right Right. Like, like yes. it was it was almost like it was that that sort of day was almost like it was a story that was told to me rather than one I was sort of starring in. Right. Like it was always a memory, but I was so detached from it that it, it did nothing made sense to me until, until years later. And, and then and then I just went on a tear when I was younger with um, a lot of self-harm and uh, not knowing why I was doing that and why I would, you know, burn myself, you know, for the amount of years that I that I did, because I didn't know when you're young and you sort of don't have an outlet to talk to anybody. You don't know if you're like fucked up or if you're normal. Yeah. Right. Like well, I, think I didn't that's know. Most of- and I think, though, even people who haven't had that experience feel that way. Yeah. Like, they don't know. That's really adolescence. Is like, you don't know. Is this normal? Is this not normal? And you're right. A lot of men and boys don't talk about no. anything, nothing from their lives, right? It's no. just forward, forward, forward. So that's... How, how did you uncover that? Or is that in the book? Sorry? Yeah, no. It's all, yeah, it's, it's all in the book. And, and listen, like, like, uncovering it is is difficult, like, because it, 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 you don't know what needs to be uncovered. Like, I... You know, I went to therapy and I screwed that up because I wasn't even ready for therapy because I felt like I had to perform for my therapist. Oh, my God. Where I felt like I wanted to impress them. And I, you know, I wanted to seem therapy worthy, but not too much of a project. Right. So I wasn't even honest in I wasn't even honest in the, the, the first time I went.
went to therapy because I didn't know how to be. I didn't know how to have those kind of conversations to talk about feelings. So I thought I would tell a doctor what I thought a doctor would want to hear. Wow. Right? And then, and then what winds up happening is when you're sort of a young man, there's devastating things that somebody can say to you. One thing that's devastating is when somebody looks at you and tells you that you're fucked up, right? The thing that hurts more when you're a young man is when somebody looks at you and tells you that you're normal because you just need somebody to tell you that there's something wrong because if there's something wrong, you can fix it. Wow. Right. And so I went through all of this stuff and all of this stuff was happening as my dad was dying. Oh right? my. So, so we have four boys yeah. between the two of us and we're so focused on the girls. So much of us is fo- because the girls are very vocal sure. and verbal and I'm sure your daughter has takes the attention, right? Girls have a tendency to take it. Like they're like, I'm here, me. It's interesting. My kid is more like me than she is like her, like her, like her mom. Wow. Yeah. 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 She's reserved. You're a, you're so, um, like open and raw about all of these really personal things and even just like your journey and therapy. Were you like that before the book or did the book like help it, it all come out? So I would write the book like Catherine and I have been together um, for, I think, like 17 years now, but with a tiny little blip at the very beginning. And when I was writing the book, I wrote the entire book on the couch beside her while she and Roxy, Roxy was knitting. Catherine was watching whatever, reading a book. And I had my computer on my lap. And as soon as I finished a chapter, I would pick the computer up and I'd be like, do you have 15 minutes? And she's like, yeah. And I'd put the computer on her lap and she would read a chapter as, as I wrote it. And I would say that 80 percent of the sort of like bombs in this book, she had no idea existed what none none so she found out about all of this when i was when i was writing when i was writing the book that's crazy yeah because i was just not an open person i was a loving person and we had a great relationship and and we were wonderful parents and when i the first time Catherine saw me cry it was she was so unbelievably blown away by it because and she was encouraging of it she was like oh my mm-hmm. god more of this more of this more of this because i hadn't cried like i i was like saying the book that you know i don't remember the last time i cried but i remember every time i should have and didn't wow right? and, and then so when we had roxy when i became a dad is when i started crying and I cry like I don't cry every day, but I almost cry every day. And it's beautiful when it happens. Like I oh my God. Every love day. it. Like God, there's always something in a day. I, I, there's always something in a day that will hit me where I'm just like where I have to hold back tears. Like happy, 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 happy tears. Absolutely happy tears. And you were not like yeah. that. No, not at all. I never like zero. There was none of that that existed until I became a dad. And then once I became a dad, that sort of all like overwhelming all love or over- I love everything. Right. Like. I, I mean, I don't love everything, but I'm emotional now where oh I was never, God. I was never emotional because there was, I, I went through a period where I had such a disconnect between my world, like the world and my body. And I, and I needed them to sort of reconvene into one thing because I was the person who would just take things and add them to the stack. And I, I grew up thinking that, you know, the thing that makes us unique was how much we could handle Yep. When the reality is the thing that makes us unique is what we can offer. And it was yeah. as soon as I realized that, right, that's sort of, that's sort of when I realized that, you know, uh, when I lost my when I lost my dad, I always say that the, the world lost a great dad. And I didn't know how to reconcile with that. But the day that I became a dad, I realized that the I couldn't bring my dad back, but I could fill his space. And so I was just going to be a goddamn good dad. And that was the sort of best way to honor my dad and sort of fill that space that he had left. Right. And so all that wow. hit me 
wow. when we when we had a kid and everything changed everything changed like i know parenthood and all that stuff it changes you but like everything in every aspect of my life changed i wouldn't have been able to do the show that we do if i wasn't if if we didn't have a kid because we got the show in uh, like August 2009. He means the Roz and show on KISS 92.5. And can the American listeners get it? Yeah, you can. Yeah. On any app you can. And they have a podcast too and they're hilarious and all the kids love it. It's Uh, a great show. uh, But I wouldn't have been able to, to do anything. I would have nothing if, if we, if we didn't have, because you wouldn't, I want to take a quick break. I need to ask, um, why? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. As moms, we are often juggling a million and one things. With our kids going in a million different directions and taking care of everyone else can mean that we often forget about ourselves. It's time to reclaim a little me time with some well-deserved self-care. And for us, that doesn't have to mean a lot. It can be picking a favorite product and taking a little extra time to do our daily routine. Dime Beauty offers clean, high-end skincare that is affordable and it really works. Dime didn't sacrifice performance just to make it clean either. They are 100% transparent about every single ingredient, so you can use their products daily with confidence. You know we don't have the energy to remember the order of a 10-step routine, so we love that the work system keeps things simple for us and has everything you need in one powerful package with a gentle cleanser, a toner, two incredible serums, and two luxurious moisturizers. Dime has over 2 million happy customers and their beauty reviews are literally all five stars. If you haven't checked out Dime, it's time. Love your skin again. Go to dimebeautyco.com now and unlock your discount. That's dimebeautyco.com. This show is sponsored 
by BetterHelp. If you've been following us, you know we are last minute planners when it comes to summer, except for this year. We even have one of our kids going to overnight camp for a month, a whole month. We're super excited for them, but we are getting anxious about not seeing them for that long. How will they cope? Will they make friends? Will they be homesick? We all have our own unique set of stressors varying in size and significance, yet when we hold on to them, they can gradually take a toll on our well-being. Fortunately, therapy provides a safe space where you can get things off your chest and find effective strategies to work through whatever is weighing you down. Therapy offers a place to discover strategies for stress reduction and balance in your life, helping you face life's challenges with new strength. Like when your tween goes to overnight camp for a month and you're trying to put on a brave face. If you are thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's completely online, designed for convenience, flexibility, and tailored to fit your schedule. Simply complete a short questionnaire to be matched with a licensed therapist, knowing you can switch therapists anytime at no extra cost. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Nat today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash Nat. Why? Why do you think you'll have, you would have nothing? Uh, because I was going in a direction that was a very unhealthy way of living. And for me, I need accountability in life. And that's why I always live with my brother. I've lived with my brother my entire life with the, with, the, with the exception of one, one year when I went to college and then I moved to New York for a little while, but he's in his fifties. Now I'm in my late forties. We still live together. He and his wife live upstairs in the big <laughs> house that we have. The three of us live on the sort of main floor and the lower floor. And it's just always been that oh, way. They're like that. Yeah. Our dream. See, is, yeah. your best, is your best, is he your best friend? My brother's my best friend. Yeah. A hundred percent. But, but I need accountability and I know that about myself. I'm, I couldn't be on my own. And, um, and then when I became a dad, it was just a different kind of accountability where everything I do now is I'm like the third in line for every single thing I do. Um, just because that's the only way I can function. And it may be sort of old school to be like the dad, the provider, the, all this stuff, but that's the only way I can function in life. Our our vibe is you you do what's right for you. And if you can figure that out, you're winning because most people are trying to figure out what works for them. And that's the, the big, that's the bigger challenge than yeah. actually having an old school or a new school way of thinking, right? Because yeah. most people are just are stumbling around. Do you, when, do you ever find that your like openness and just like these things just kind of fall out of your mouth that are really personal and like hard to hear that people around you ever ever feel like uncomfortable with that openness? Always. Like, I feel yeah. it right now. Like, you feel I, uncomfortable? Yeah, I don't feel it's not that I feel uncomfortable. I just feel like it's like everything that you've been through and that you've worked through so many things makes you know makes me think I'm like I, I, I don't even want to I don't want to deal with that stuff that you had to do. Yeah. It sounds like it was yeah. that much. No, I don't want to hear anymore. I'm uncomfortable <laughs> about your life. If we could stop this. <laughs> this is not good for me. So that's why. So okay. So so the the first thing that I knew when I was writing this book was I knew that it was going to end with the proposal. Yes, and I read. Well, I've read a few chapters. I didn't read the whole book. We also like to come at it from a place of not knowing because then we can ask for the people honest questions rather than good questions. Good good one for not doing your homework. I like that. I read the tattoo. Like when you went back to Catherine and she was pregnant, wasn't going to tell you. Yeah. And you both had the same tattoo. Yeah. Which is there. That's it. On the same finger. Yeah. Yeah. That is weird. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was, it was weird. It was weird. Um, and she got, we, we had split up. So the story was that we were together and I, I, I was not ready for any sort of commitment. And we had been together for even years at this point. And I was just so standoffish for years. And she just knew that I just like, I, she didn't need to work on me. I just needed to work on me. How old like, are you at this time? This at this point, I was thirty, I guess, somewhere around there. So right? twenty six yeah, to so thirty were like pretty intense years. The worst, the worst, the worst. Okay. Um, and she's with you during this time. She's with me when I met. Yeah, no, this is early on. So I'm about thirty two at this at, the, at okay. this at this point. Thirty two, thirty three at this okay. point. And um, we had we we split up because I knew that uh, I had started working on Entertainment Tonight Canada um, and. I was traveling all over the world and I sort of started to really enjoy this kind of like fake life that you could have. Right. And it's a really sort of intoxicating thing, you know, free clothes and you're on television and yeah, all this stuff. Everyone Although, knows you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very, it's very intoxicating, but you could also be an incredible phony. Right. And I, and I found it easier to not be a real person than to be a real, I found being a real person was very difficult. Yes. And Catherine started to sort of, you know, unearth this realness in me that I could see her doing and I was greatly appreciative of it but I was also terrified and so I, I left I left her and um, we had split up for about six months and I got into a terrible relationship after that with somebody who was just destined to hurt me and I let it happen and I encouraged it and I went into this wow. toxic relationship that all was within that those was six all months. within six months well, she must have been like fuck you <laughs> So, Did she know? She, oh, yeah, she knew. She knew. Because social knew. media is a thing now. Uh, are you not? No, you never this, did this, social. This, this was before that. Okay. This, but, yeah. But I told her. I just told her. Why? Like, I, I, I told her. Well, I, they were broken I, up. I, we were broken I know, up. but you don't call the person that loves you and tell them you're with <laughs> yeah, someone. I know. I know. Especially and, when you've been together for years yeah. and she's pregnant, but he yeah. doesn't no, know No, she it. wasn't pregnant yet. She wasn't oh, pregnant yet. Okay. So, so what happened? So what happened was is that I broke off this relationship and then I called Catherine and I was like, can I come over? And she was like, yes. And I walked in and, and it wasn't, she didn't sort of, there was no open arms. There was, um, she looked more of at me of like when a runaway comes back home after mm -hmm. you swore that like you could pity. make it on your just own like, or like, somebody who got at like, a rehab after one relapse where um, I swear it's never going to happen again. There was caution, yeah, like extreme okay. caution. And we went in, she, she was living in a new apartment and she went in, she sat me and, and she put me on the couch and I was like, okay, so here's what's going to happen is, you know, tell her everything that happened. And I was just, the words were just sort of out of my mouth and my hand was on her hand. And I looked down at my finger because I had just got a tattoo on my hand that was a little tiny heart on the inside of my, my middle finger on my left hand. And I looked down and I was like, what is that? She's like, what is what? And I'm like that on your finger. And she's like, oh, it's a tattoo. And I'm like, when did you get that? Cause it was the exact same tattoo as mine. And I was like, when did you get that? She's like two months ago. When did you get yours? And I was like two months ago. Oh so my when God. we were split, we both independently went and got the exact same tattoo to in the exact same spot at the exact same time, not That's knowing crazy. that the other person had. Yeah. Right? And then so I spent the night and uh, and then a week later she came over to the house and I invited her over and I was just like, hey, listen, I need you to just please just let hear me out and just sit down on the couch and I'm going to stand here and I'm going to tell you everything that I need to tell you. And I just I, I like I poured everything out and, and I had said that what I realized was that, you know, when. Uh, like my dad, the whole thing with my dad just screwed me up. And I said, listen, you know, I've realized now that when it is my last day and there's going to be somebody there who's going to say goodnight to me for the last time, the only person I want that to be is you. 
and it's wow. you and only you and only will ever be you. Wow. And then she looked at me and went, good, because I'm pregnant. Fuck. <gasps> yeah. And then I dropped down on my knees and I started crying. Did and she then feel the same in that she moment? Did. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. 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 And she's just like, you just fucked off for six months, but here we go. Yeah. Yeah. But she knew why though. Right. That's like, really she knew, an evolved she knew, human, she just why. so you know. Yeah. That's I agree. Her. That's yes. great. That's very mature. I Especially fully, at 30 something. You're like, that's young. You know she what was, I mean? She was in her twenties. There's 10 years between us. Wow. So yeah. I watched the um, YouTube video, um, which was so adorable and sweet and everything. And you say that like everything you, you give, like everything, Catherine is everything. Yes, she is. Yes, everything. That's like you know we're They're, we're married, <laughs> not to yeah. each other, but giggle, we have giggle, giggle. Um, <laughs> giggle, giggle. And when I heard you talking about uh, her in that way, yeah. and we didn't get to hear her talk back about you, so I don't know if she says the same thing. I'm assuming it's a yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a yes. I yeah. was. I'm laying, not an easy guy to live with, though. But it's a yes. Uh, yeah. it's a yes. I was laying beside my husband, who I love, and I was just like. I don't I don't feel that way like I don't feel like he's my everything and I'm like you know all of that is that are you guys soulmates do you need each other like what makes that so intense that relationship or the way that you feel about her um it's a that's a really good question what makes it so intense I, and I don't really have a whole lot to com- to compare it to because I had the majority of relationships that I have had in my life were a you know soft bed to climb in, warm body to climb on. Right? Mm-hmm. That, those are the vast majority of the relationships that I've had. Um, and then I was married, so I knew what that felt like before. And then I've had all sorts of different relationships. But with Catherine, the, she's the only person that I feel the ability to breathe when, hmm. I'm, when I'm around her. I never felt like I could fully breathe when I was with somebody. I always felt that there was some sort of constraint, that there was something that was just where it was all going to go wrong. Like I'm a pessimist in that way where I would just be with them and I'm like, God, when is this all going to go to hell? Like it feels really good right now, but I know that I'm going to fuck it all up. And with Catherine, I never felt that way. And, and she's the type of person who is just so genuinely wonderful and I think that Catherine's greatest superpower is more than anybody I've ever met in my life is she recognizes when somebody else in her life needs a win and when she sees it she makes sure that they get a win that day and so she she has this uncanny ability with me to not like I I don't freak out really anymore I don't stress anymore and it's just and it's her and and I'm not and I'm not it's also you you. and it's yeah I mean because you control you know you have control over you I do have I do have control over me but um she's taught she's mirrored how to be calm how do you talking to me is like a thing like i can't have somebody rationalize my ridiculous you know emotions because that will just drive me more crazy right like if i if i'm really like riled up about something you can't look at me and go oh it's gonna be fine i'm like no like that pisses me off yeah right so you so she knows like that you know she needs to let me be like crazy every every now and then and then it just sort of goes away but she doesn't rationalize like or 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 make it all about her or anything like yeah. this. Like when I'm, when I'm sort of in those moments. And then what that taught me to do was I do the same thing with her now, right? Where I'm so much more receptive to like emotions than in a relationship than I ever have been. And that's only because I'm just reflecting what she puts on me. Right? I, wait, wait, we have to take a quick break. Oh, okay. And I have to yeah. ask a mom question. Okay? Yeah. Take a quick break. Planning for your next trip. 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. So your mom read the book? My mom did, yes. And your mom, how did she, did, was, were there any bombs in there for her? Most, most. Mm. My, mom, my mom didn't know, uh, my mom didn't know how I felt when my dad was dying. My mom didn't know that I was, uh, about the sexual assault. My mom didn't know um, that I hurt, my, that I was, a, that I burned myself for that would years. Kill, that would kill, it did. Kill as a mother, it, kill. It did, she, it did. And, it, and, it, and her, but the thing that I had to tell her was because she, she read the book and especially all the years where I was still living at home where I would um, I would hurt myself and she took it personally because she she was like how did I not yeah. see that yeah how did I not know yeah. that there was a problem and then the thing that my answer to her was I didn't even know there was a problem and if I didn't know there was a problem how were you supposed to know there was a problem? Because I didn't know. I didn't know what I was doing was wrong. Like, I didn't know. I think as a mom, though, you feel like you should know. Yeah. Or as a parent, you're like, you know, yeah. how, uh, how did she, did she, and she never knew about the sexual assault no. until. The book, she read it. And that was the first time. Yeah. And did she, um, that would have been a big, huge bomb for any mom to hear because yes. especially at nine, yeah. you would want to be in and around like right because that would have changed your life at that moment and you mm-hmm. would have gone home a different person without anybody knowing yeah. and unfortunately that is a conversation for a lot of people that they do have to face and a lot of kids don't get to express it because they don't know how to when you're nine you don't have the words to say what happened no, right no. so as a mom what do you think a mom could have or what do you think someone could have done to help you during that time or was there no help that anyone could have done during that time so I, I think it's different if you if you're made aware of something right um, I like I said that that day happened and it happened and then 10 minutes later we were back downstairs doing normal kid stuff 
right? Like it, like it was, it was as if nothing had happened. Yeah. And so if I showed any signs that there was any sort of trauma or that this had affected me in, in any way that I was carrying towards life. But the problem was, is that what that day did was just accelerated me in the growing up process, which was expected because I was six foot in grade eight. Wow. So people always treated me like somebody who could handle more than what a kid my age should be able to handle mm-hmm. because I seemed like I was so much more mature, right? I like, I lost my virginity when I was 13 yeah. and my dad waited outside for me in the car while I was in her house, right? Like all of this stuff. And then, and then she left because the last conversation I had, like she, she was 19 and I was 13 and I lied because I could pass for 17. And that was the sort of first relationship that I ever had. And the last, so your com- dad just kind of thought you were having a play date. He thought I was having a play date. <laughs> right? Wow. Sure. And I was, yeah. And I was in there and, <laughs> oh, and, her, and her, her and her girlfriend were doing mounds of cocaine. Oh. And my dad was like hanging outside and he thought we were in there playing ping pong in the basement and her, and her, and her mom and dad were home because I lied. Because I lied to everybody. And then, and then, you know, her face exploded because of too much cocaine. And then, and we went upstairs and had sex. And then the last conversation that I ever had with her, and then eventually my parents found out all this stuff. And then she found out that I was lying and that I wasn't 17 and I was actually 13. Still didn't break up with me. Oh my Continued the relationship. And then the last conversation that I had with her was we had never talked about um, pregnancy or anything like that. And the last conversation that I had with her was if she ever got pregnant, what we would do. And then she looked at me and said, don't worry, you would never know. I would just disappear. I would never put that on you because I was 13. And then one day she was just gone. She just vanished. And I don't know whether that is, she just realized that, you know, being with a 13 year old was not cool when you're 19. Um, uh, or if she did get pregnant and I will never know, but I will say that most people from my past, when you start doing TV shows and radio shows and everything else have reached out. They've every, everybody has reached out. She's one of two people in my past that have never reached out, but that's a hard thing to do, right? You oh. know, it's a hard thing to admit that you're the woman that at 19, yeah. you, were, you were sleeping with a 13 well, year old. Illegal too. Yeah. yeah. You, you, like, especially you've today. Fa- yeah. You've never found her on like Facebook. She's got a very common name, like, like very common name. Do you think that at, if the, if the sexual assault hadn't happened, your life would have been on a different path. Yes. That's hard to reckon with, too. Yes. I, slightly different. Slightly different. You know, like, like I, the, the one thing I don't think would have changed was um, sexualizing young men isn't something that a lot of people talk about. Mm-hmm. We talk about sexualizing young women and how mm-hmm. dangerous that is mm-hmm. and how damaging it is. And we all do this thing as parents. Moms are far more active in the battle than dads are. You know what I mean? You shut it down when you see it, right? Um, But sexualizing young men, especially when I was young, in the sort of like mid-80s, was like it was totally normal for a woman when I was 12, for a woman who was 30, to be like, you know, come back when you're 18, Right. Like wow. that, that, that kind of thing, you know, and it was normal. It was, I had friends, older, you know, older sisters that I would watch them change in the pool house because they'd be like, Hey, you want to see this? Oh right. Like when you, when you're, when you're, when you're a kid, it was like, the, it was a lawless sort of like, you know, underage sexual society. And, you know, and I never, I thought it was cool mm-hmm. and I never realized how damaging yeah. stuff like that is. So yeah. all of that sort of set me up for, you know, it was, it was a, it was, a, it was a sort of wild youth into adolescence 
to a very reckless period in my 20s. But all of that led up to up to that. And it's stuff we don't talk about. I could never have a conversation with somebody being like, I feel like I was just sexualized inappropriately. Yeah. Nobody would have that conversation with me. No. Nobody. Nobody you, ever would. Because really, we high five boys for doing you stuff. Do. You are like, way to go, buddy. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, you're going to go sleep over. We kind of, we don't joke now, but we often say to parents who aren't, don't have teenagers that like gender doesn't ma- matter anymore. Like mm-hmm. they could sleep over girls and they're doing the same things that they'd be doing at a boy set. Like it's now a yeah. new world where we all have to be open about talking about sexuality, your body consent, what that feels like, what you like, what you don't. And it's kind of a blessing we get to have those conversations because hopefully when they have them earlier, then you know what's right and what's wrong because I just don't think kids at nine knew, like you said, you didn't know, you could have stopped it if you knew this isn't okay. You know, you could have been like, yeah, actually, no. don't do that. No, thank you. Yeah. At nine, you say, no, because the thing is, when I grew up, is that you didn't say no to a grown up. Yeah. Right? You don't mm-hmm. talk back. Mm-mm. You don't say, you don't stand up to for yourself. Like that just, that didn't exist. Like it was discouraged, mm-hmm. right? Standing up for yourself. I think there's still a big narrative though that goes on like this. And I think it's so important you're talking about this because I think a lot of dads don't think about their sons being a target no. in terms of that conversation that has to happen because I think it has to come from males sometimes like it, I think it has to come from a male figure to talk to other males about it about you know that conversation because I don't know if they'd listen to us the same than if it came from a male mm-hmm. do you think like our sons yeah I'm not sure if they if a male sat them down and said listen this can happen I don't know. I just think it's a no. I think that would be really, really helpful. It just—I think it's so huge. What you're doing is this convert. What is the youngest age you would say could read your book? Eighteen. Okay. Yeah, it's it's an it's an eighteen. Um, So for our kids, sixteen, seventeen. If they if if. They're, if they have somebody to ask questions to, I think right. it's very helpful. Right. Like as because you kind of chronicle what you went through mm-hmm. and how you got to where you were. Yeah. And for a lot of people, they don't share that. You know, it's kind of the I'm I'm here now, and this is how you get there. But yeah. it's kind of like you lived it, and then you share the other end, and you're still kind of living through things, as you every say, day. every day. Yeah, yeah. I feel like you're like, um, you know, wrapping up like the book and uh, like, uh, like all the meaning, but I have to go back and ask a question from before. Yes. So with Catherine and, and saying that, you know, she's just so everything to you. Yeah. <laughs> we can't let it go. Yeah. I love no, it. Please. She's like, just, I need just to understand her. this. Is it scary at all that you are giving like so much, not power, but like, like, she's yeah. like the other half of you yeah. is it scary that like she she could leave one I know you guys are in love and um, you're getting married and everything but like like what if she was gone how would you like be died? like if I she mean, died she, that, uh, she yeah she just goes she, yeah. she's abducted by aliens <laughs> yeah or yeah. she leaves you yeah um, I don't think that she would. I would have to. <laughs> you don't to, think she would leave you? <laughs> oh no, 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 no. I, I know, I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that she she wouldn't leave me. But I think that Catherine. I don't think would just sort of independently um, leave me. Mm. I, I think that if I became someone who she could no longer live with, she would 100 percent leave, and she would just take Roxy. Like that's just the the way the way that it is. Her tolerance for and things what would be is, you in that in that time? I, I would be off the rails. I somewhere. would be off the rails. Yeah. That's yeah. so scary. Because you talk about addiction yeah. in your book. Yeah. And and something you overcame. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I, I was, I, my addiction was weird. So I was, it was, I was addicted to opioids, but I didn't know I was addicted because when I, when they put me on pills, it was in both my lungs collapsed in the, in the, in the nineties. And in the nineties, sort of like the, the conversation with opioids was that if you were in pain, there's no chance you can become addicted. And that's what the doctors told me. And then I went through a series of infections and everything else. And when they sent me home from the hospital, they sent me home with a pill, with a with pill bottle that was the size of like a beer can, a little bit wider. And they gave me hundreds of perks, but only now there was no way, there was nobody there to, to make sure I took them on time or in any sort of regularity. And so for months, what I would do is I would fight through when I was actually in physical pain without pills. And I would save the pills for when I felt my best. And then I would wow. just sort of ride it out. And then after the pills ran out, I was like, ah, no more pills. That's cool, whatever. And then I got really sick. And then I had to take two weeks off work um, and and sit in my, and I was in my bedroom. And I was ba- I was kicking an opioid addiction with like fucking Gatorade and Gravol, right? Not knowing why I was sick. Wow. And then I came out of it two and a half weeks later and I had lost all this weight. I was 6'4 and I think I weighed 140 pounds, something like that. But I didn't know what it was. I just thought it was another thing from the surgeries and the infection and everything else. Had I known that it was the result of not doing pills anymore, I would have went to find something instead of pills. Mm -hmm. Right? Had I known it was addiction, I would have went to find something else that would have been the substitute for the pills. I feel like you're so lucky in life. It's like you you have someone, your dad, someone up there is like guiding, you know, we believe in, I don't know if you believe in that, but we believe in like, it's a lot of series of events that have taken you. I, 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 I say in the back when the, the, the last chapter in the, in the book, right? I'm not religious. I've never really listened to the universe, but I do believe in luck. And, and And I've had a lot of lucky days and I know when you're lucky changes you just got to let it change and you can't hang on to luck because it's probably going to go to somebody else who needs it a little bit more than you do that day and then you just wait your turn again for another lucky day and that's sort of how i live right i have lucky days and unlucky days but i think everybody does and that's sort of the thing that keeps me a little bit grounded shit you're uh god you're a really nice man to talk to by Mm -hmm. the way like you're very calming no ego Mm -hmm. no pervert like it's a a lot lot of men are perverts they look like they want to eat you you know and it's it's like a power dynamic yeah, the yeah. whole entire time yeah you're not like that at all which is lovely no i i uh, she's you know what you guys I, i've i think that what you guys do is incredible and when you started doing what you did you knew that you were going to be the thing that um, inspired a lot of other women to do the thing that you guys do which I think is wonderful with anything that I've ever done if I see somebody else Mm -hmm. sort of doing the same thing I think it is wonderful that you're inspiring but I I think that what you guys do that is so different from what other people do is you point at the realities in life and this sort of pressure that builds up and a lot of people can do that a lot of people can talk about the truths and the all of this stuff but what they don't do is there's no valve on them. You guys release the pressure. You build the pressure and then you release the wow, pressure. Wow, that's really nice. And and, and, it, and it only works when it's everything because that can point to a million people who are really great at building the pressure and then you're left feeling kind of gross. Mm-hmm. But you guys build it and then you release it and I think that that's the thing that makes the audience that has the emotional attachment to the two of you that they have is because they, they build it collectively and then you are like, shh and you release it collectively. I and I that. think that that and is the sort of brilliance. I think that that is the brilliance of what you guys have created. Oh, thank you. Where do you do an audiobook? 
Uh, I read this book, yeah. I was going to say. That's how we're going to do it. Yeah. yeah, because I think that for a lot of people in the car, because your voice is obviously amazing. Mm-hmm. So listening to you would be really, really, there's a lot of moms in there. So uh, even if you I don't just, know, if you're not from Toronto or Canada, you need to go. This is such an <laughs> insightful book from a man's perspective because there is not many out there like this. Well, no. And it's also really important when we're raising men and boys mm-hmm. to hear a perspective from a man who's been through things that we they're going to go through but hopefully they won't go through we, would you have some been scared to st- have a son different <sighs> would you have been more nervous no, well, no, because we thought we were having a son okay. for, for a little while when the first couple ultrasounds happened. We thought we were having a boy. Okay. Um, and then, but no, but as soon as we had a girl, I was just like, like my heart. It was, you, you can know. tell you're a good girl, dad. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say that would have yeah. been, because sometimes when you have your own sex, it brings up every, like, you sure. go through a lot of shit with, you know. Because also, because I didn't have a sister either, right? So I never had like, a, there was never like a girl energy in the house with the exception wow. of my of my mom. My mom always had boy energy. There's always like my dad, my brother, and me, right? Wow. So there was no girl energy in the house. And then so with Catherine and Roxy, it's like, you know, the girl energy is a sort of dominant energy um, in the house. And, mm-hmm. I've, and I've always felt more comfortable around women anyway. Mm. So I love being a part wow. of, of that of that energy. I, I, and we're going to wrap it up. But I have one more question about yeah. your brother because I, I feel like he was a... What, what did he do when he was watching you? Did he know what... All, did, was he watching you knowing? or was he, he was always living with you. Like, what did he... What was his responses to you? Um, when he finished with the book, we like we cried because when my dad died, I sort of stepped back, but he stepped up, Aww. and he sort of became that thing. Because the thing that that, so that 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 killed me the most was when my dad died. You know, the thing that died with him was just that one person who's going to be proud of you no matter what. Yeah. And so my brother sort of really stepped into into that position, and he's the he's always the first person to be like, "My God, I'm so proud of you." Like he goes on when the book came out. You know, he was the first one that saw that it was, you know, a number one bestseller kind of thing. And he goes and he reads the Amazon reviews and he like writes me and tells me like, you know, when there's a good one and like, he's just, he's that right. Like he's, he's, he's that sort of, um, because we both lost our dad together and we, when we went mm-hmm. through it and we went through it together and there's, you know, there's moments where I sort of kind of step into our dad's, you know, thing a little mm-hmm. bit, you know, like I paid off our mortgage, you know, like I did all, I did all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and just so he didn't have to have, mm-hmm. you know, his, you know, we could save money and then he and his wife could go on vacation and all, all of this stuff. Yeah. Right. But he was the one that, that got rid But when we first bought our house, I wasn't making any money and he was the one that took out all the loans because I couldn't qualify. Right. So he was the one that made sure we got a house and I was the one that eventually, you know, paid it off. Right. So we're both this thing to, to eat, to each other. And, um, and we're just always there. We never take each other for granted, like at all. And we've never fought about anything. Like my brother and I have just never since you were little. Never fought since tight. we were little. We were always two completely different different people. That's a parent's and we've, dream, by and the we've way. We've never fought about. We've never fought about anything. You're so lucky. Yeah. You have him, and you have Catherine, and those relationships are so strong. <laughs> yes, yes, I have to throw Mocha because yeah. you're with him a lot during the day. Yeah. You know, that's three really great yeah. people in your life that yeah. are with you all the time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wow, yeah. you're yeah. lucky. No. I mean. This was incredible. 
we learned so much. I love conversations like this. I'm really scared to, to read the book, though. I feel like I should prepare okay. myself. This is, I'll read this it is, to you, okay? I, yeah, <laughs> I had, I had the reason why, the, so when the proposal happened in the in the book, you left right? the, okay, so yes, so you, the last chapter is proposal, and she did not know, because you had, kept Catherine doing had fake had no idea. Right, yeah, Catherine had no idea that I was proposing in the end of the book, and I told, um, and when I sold the book, I, I sold it without the proposal, so mm. the, the publishers didn't even know wow. that there was going to be a proposal. When the books went out for review, nobody got the last chapter. Like nobody, anything had had the knew that the proposal existed because the first line that I wrote when I sat down to write the write write the book because I needed to know how it was going to end. So the first line I wrote was, um, "When you choose the person you're going to spend the rest of your life with, you're also choosing the person who's going to tell your stories when you're gone. And if you're lucky, you'll find somebody who only ever sees the best in you." And so I wrote that line as part of the proposal, and then I went back to the very beginning and I wrote the entire the entire book but I knew I was going to spoil it so I released that the proposal video before the book was actually released mm-hmm. because when one because I think it was cool mm-hmm. uh, but two mm-hmm. I needed people to know there was a happy ending yeah. because it's a tough right. read yeah right and I knew that it was a tough read and I knew that people were going to want to put it down but they needed to know that there, there was, was a happy ending because I, okay. I, yeah. en- I think because I think happy endings matter mm-hmm. right I guess you have to propose to me oh we should I rewrite need, the book I would love to I third book I'm going to do that I was thinking like someone will tell you a good story I'm like, that's us. I mean, we got it now. We're doing okay. <laughs> You're going to have to tell my stories because I'm going first. <laughs> yeah, I know you I are. I was saying, what if, Kath, what, if, what if Catherine goes first? Who's going to tell <laughs> Yeah, no, I know. That's a problem. Your brother can tell yeah, stories. Yeah, my brother, my brother Roxy. will. Roxy. It'll yeah, go into Roxy. Roxy. Roxy He's got will. a book now. The book yeah. will tell the yeah. story. And I don't, story and I don't even know. I don't know if Roxy's ever even going to read the book, to be honest with you. She will. I oh. I don't know. I bet you she will. Oh, yeah. is she One allowed? Day? She no, not right now. Oh, okay. No, oh, no, no, she's no, not allowed. No, no, no. Okay, that's a lot for you. That's a lot. Yeah, taken no, in one no. City. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's just so crazy that her dad has a book and uh, yeah. she but can't read it. But she'll begin to ask you questions, and then you'll have I to hope answer. So. She will. I hope. Like drugs, alcohol, like you yeah. know. And a lot of parenting is relating to when you were younger, so they feel relatable. Not telling. Right. You know what else? My kids like this. Oh, I know. Yeah, my, because yeah. they like to know you're yeah. a human, right? No, when they you say when I, you know, my kids know I got wasted in grade eight all the time. They're not, and I'm like when I was your age, like. I was getting shit faced, yeah. and they're like, "What did you get wasted on in grade eight? What oh, was your um, the X beer X and coolers? Remember the Mol- like X Molson X, Molson X. 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 and Wildcat Strong, and the highest <laughs> alcohol content and the cheapest. Yeah, I had I'm, two older brothers, and we used to play Century, you yeah. know, Century ish, a shot a minute for a hundred minutes. Yeah, that's insane. And then I barf and come back. Yeah, yeah, I was I was like the little Frank the Tank when I was little. Jesus. <laughs> and now she's a lightweight. Yeah. I don't know how this yeah. happened. What do you drink now? Vodka or tequila. Vodka or tequila. Do same you drink? Thing. I do, yeah. yeah. Yeah, what do you drink? I'm like a college co-ed. I drink White Claw. I right? love it. She drinks I, anything. She's I, not discriminatory. I used to, my thing was is that I used to drink a... I would drink... What's the big bottle of vodka? Is it a 40? Yeah, or a 60. 60 like answer. A, like a whatever one of those. Whatever one mm. of those is. I would drink one of those in like two days. Whoa. Right? Easily. Easily two days. Um, and white claws are safer. And, and yeah, and then I, so I and then, yeah, so I don't I don't drink alcohol. Like I don't I, alcohol. Um, I'll drink I, I drink cider for a while and beer. I don't drink beer anymore. No, I, I don't really like white wine with ice is kind of fine in the summer. Me too. Right? You two be great yeah, together. I like white wine with ice. Yeah, yeah, um, but like but like white claw like that sort of I like the buzz from it. But I have no <laughs> I don't get shit faced anymore. I like, get shit faced off one drink or two. Yeah, shit faced. Like close her off. I'm on a table. Really? Like shit 
fate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she loves it. Yeah, vodka was like, I drank a lot of vodka. It wasn't good. I guess we could talk forever. Yeah. Um, thank you for doing this. It was the most fun ever. And um, I, I get your book everywhere. Where where can they get it? Just uh, me say in, it. In, so yeah, Canada, you can buy it in every bookstore or Amazon or Indigo. And in the States, Amazon or BarnesandNoble.com. There. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, God. Thank that you so much, Ross. Thank you, Thank Ross. you. Thank you. 